believe I can't sleep. It's time to listen to Courtney at last on the ramblings of an insomniac podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 550, episode 50 of the ramblings of an insomniac. I am Courtney Perry. I, it's been so long. It's been almost two months, actually. It's been almost two months. I have completely bailed and abandoned everybody for a long time. I am, I am just not good at this, but I'm back. I'm here. Um, Like I've said in the past, um, there may be times I kind of seem to run away for a bit. Um, I'm, I'm working on this, but I will always come back. I'm like a faithful, loyal dog. <laughs> I will always return home. Um, so episode 50. Hi. Thank you if you're tuning in. Oh, this is kind of creepy. So I'm on my back road right now, um, which is like a, a back country road, peaceful And in the distance, I see somebody walking, and it looks kind of ominous. So if suddenly this podcast stops, and um, it sounds like I'm being abducted by, you know, aliens or a human or something, you know, call 911. Uh, Let them know. Anyway, um, it's been a long time, and part part of that has been, like I mentioned in my last... Uh, episode. Thank you so much, everybody that tuned in, that has been tuning in, um, to everybody that has been listening and has been faithful and loyal. I really can't tell you how much um, I appreciate it. So if you listened to the last podcast, um, you'll kind of maybe understand why it's been almost two months since I have done, um, and since I've recorded a new episode. Um, as I explained before, I am adjusting to life with um, my significant other being home. And um, it has just been such a a very big adjustment for both of us, for everybody, for the whole family, actually, not just he and I, but just for the entire family. Um, when you have PTSD, and um, I don't mean myself, although I feel I have PTSD for other reasons, but not about this, but when your partner has PTSD, and you're struggling as it is with your own depression um, and just readjusting to life with each other and um, the ups and downs that come with living with someone with depression and someone that has PTSD and you combine those things and then you combine the outside world and you combine other family members and their struggles and their shortnesses and um there's going to be a car that's going to be coming down the road and it's going to 
be making noise. I'll try to pause it and time it. And there's also a person walking down. So anyway, this is why, you know, I've told you guys before you get to listen to the, oh, they're turning good. You get to listen to the uh, unedited version of my life. I'm just going to kind of lay it all out there with it, the uh, terrible recording. Although I am going to start using my microphone. I really am. It's just that I've now moved it since my partner has been back. Um, I didn't want to be keeping him awake and I didn't want people to hear me when I was trying to record this. I didn't want anyone to be listening to me. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't really like people listening. So I might use this phone that uh, this microphone that I have still and use the other one. I don't know. We'll see. It'll depend on who's around and who's in the house at the time and all of that. But anyway, what I was saying was it's been almost two months because I am, you know, just learning um, to readjust my life. Not to mention the fact that I'm going through all of the firsts without my mom, meaning Christmas, first Christmas without my mom. That was her number one favorite holiday. She would always end up giving us our Christmas presents really early. She would buy them for us like a month in advance and then not want to wait. She'd be so excited to give them to us that she would end up giving them to us before Christmas and then she'd feel bad and um, she would end up getting us another present. But my mom was a really big stocking person. Like she loved stocking stuffers and my mom was the best, the best at stocking stuffers. She put the most, she just put awesome stuff in there. She would put scratchets and she would put like really good, like she'd put socks in there, funny socks, and she would put really good like lip balm and, you know, just all kinds of cool stuff. And so I'm going through the very first, you know, holidays without her. And then her birthday would have been the 30th of December. So I'm, again, going through her birthday, the very first birthday without her. And then New Year's. So I went through New Year's, um, first New Year's without her. So when you go through all those firsts, it's just a bit difficult. There's going to be somebody walking up here, and it's going to be a little weird. So I might have to pause this. But anyway, when you go through all the firsts without, you know, you're someone that has passed away, um, someone that's important to you that's passed away, it's hard. And when you're going through those firsts while also having a partner that you're getting used to living with again, and you're also working full time and you're going up and visiting your grandson and you do that either once a week on your one of your days off or you do it, you know. Ugh. People can be extraordinarily annoying. So as I said, there was somebody walking up the road. And keep in mind, I live on this road, so it's not like I'm this stranger. And I, you know, am pulled over, so I'm sure I look kind of weird. But this is also like a public road as well. It's not a private road or anything. And I'm pulled over in a very normal place. And I don't, I'm not doing anything suspicious. I have my car window down and I'm not wearing anything suspicious. And... She walks by and she's like, hello, um, what are you doing? And I'm like, enjoying the view. 
recording a podcast. Oh, okay. Carry on. I'm like, oh, oh, thank you for your permission. Thanks for your permission for me to carry on with my podcast on my road. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, so my mom and working and trying to deal with going, you know, to work full time and caring for animals. And, um, now I have a partner to help take care of, you know, helping with the house and helping maintain things and all of that, which is nice. But of course I haven't just said, Oh, here you do all of it. I'm still also, you know, doing things like my laundry and all of that and trying to drive to go visit my grandson on one of my days off. And so then that leaves me two days off and then I'm taking him to Portland, driving him to Portland every Monday. So then that leaves one day off. So um, by the time we get back from Portland, I now have half of my day. So I get like one and a half out of my three days off. Now, trust me, I'm not complaining at all. I'm not complaining about this because I, first of all, love being a grandma and want very much to go visit my grandson as well as my son and his girlfriend and um, her kids. I want to see them not complaining. And I also very much am going to help out um, my partner and it's not, you know, his fault that he has to go to Portland and all of that. And um, so getting a driver's license because he's been away for four years, he has to retake the written, both the written and the uh, driving part of the test to get his license back, to get his driver's license back. So now it has expired and he's got to do the written and the actual driving part. And so, again, that's just a gigantic pain in the butt and something else to add to the stress of being back. And I want to make a note that I am 100% understand that if you commit a crime, um, people need to be held accountable. I've said um, many times, I believe in accountability. I believe in, you know, accountability for your actions, consequences. Um, but whether you're innocent or even guilty, regardless, um, especially though when you are innocent in this case, um, but even if you're guilty, if you're if you've committed a crime and you've done your time, and especially if it's something that is, if you've committed a crime, and especially if you are in like a minimum or low uh, security prison and you've done your time and you want to get better and you want to get help and you want to turn your life around. Our government makes it incredibly hard to do so. They want nothing more than for you to become a statistic and rely on them. That is how the United States government works. They want everybody to rely on them. They want to be in charge. They want to call all of the shots. And, um, you know, Instead of wanting people to succeed, let's say you want to open up your own business and you want to try to get back on your feet. And um, let's say you want to uh, get to and from work. Let's say you want to. Um, it, there's just so many things that the government makes it incredibly hard and so many hoops you have to jump through and so much red tape you have to go through in order to get back on your feet. And again, I do not think 
that if that life should be easy, especially if you've committed a terrible crime, like you've killed somebody, by no means do I think that you should be out of prison at all, probably at all. But I just mean, um, if you've done other crimes, especially as a young person, a very young person, and you've had these extraordinary circumstances, which again, I don't think are excuses for behaviors. I'm not saying if you've had a horrible background, if you've lived a crappy life, I'm not saying that means that you get to go out and be a menace to society or harm others or commit crime. I'm just saying, though, that we are humans, and it does 100% have a lot to do with why, you know, our, it's the whole nature and versus nurture thing. Our history, our background very much has something to do with how we behave. It very much plays into it. And so if people are young and stupid and they're making young, stupid mistakes and they have gone to prison, they've done their time. I don't even know if you should go to prison. Sometimes I think that you should have to go to places like ranches and work. I'm not saying like slave labor. I'm not saying, you know, have someone sleep in a barn on straw and work hard like on the movie or like on holes and take them out to a desert and make them dig holes. I'm not talking that shit. I'm not talking slave labor and being used as, you know, just getting stuff done that nobody else wants to do. I'm just saying sometimes hard work, especially when you're young, and then going to counseling and getting on, you know, like doing yoga and breathing and just sometimes that stuff is far better rehabilitation and statistically better for you than going to prison. So it just like I said before, I feel that our judicial system, I can never say that word, needs to be revamped. And I think they need to stop making it extraordinarily difficult for people to get a job when they get out of prison. Again, I'm not talking about people that have like murdered somebody. Um, I'm saying that if you've, I don't know, committed tax fraud or something, again, not saying that's good, not saying that you shouldn't, you know, be punished. I'm just saying, though, that your life shouldn't be ruined to where when you get out of prison, you can't try to change your life around and it shouldn't be so difficult, but yet be so extraordinarily easy for citizens that don't live in this country to cross our border and vote. It's easier for an illegal immigrant. And I want to clarify that when I say illegal immigrant, I'm talking about anybody from any country, any country. I don't care what country it is that comes from a different country to America illegally without going through the proper channels. So when I say illegal immigrant, I get real tired of people thinking that I'm talking about people from Mexico. That's actually pretty racist and pretty prejudiced on your part for thinking that way, if that is what you're thinking. That's not me because I'm not thinking of it that way. I don't care what country you're from. If you're coming here illegally, it seems to be far easier to get a driver's license and to vote and to get a job and get health care benefits and get mental health benefits and get medication than it is for someone that maybe was like 20 years old, committed a stupid crime because they were just an idiot and young and made a mistake at a split second of their life when maybe they were going through a lot of stuff because we are all freaking human. 
And none of us, none of us can ever say, oh, I would never. Maybe there's a 0.1% chance that you would never do something. Maybe that's the case. But you just never know. There was an episode on the show Lucifer on Netflix that kind of touched on this, that sometimes there are extraordinary circumstances that happen that cause you to make a decision in a split second. In a split second, you have to make a decision. And that decision may end up being the wrong one. It may be a fuck up. Or it may be a decision that was the right one, but it caused some problems for some other people, but maybe it was the, what is it, the greater, the lesser of two evils. And people have the nerve to sit back and judge and be like, oh, oh, I would never do that. Oh, I'd never. You don't freaking know. You don't know what you would do if you were in an extreme circumstance and you had to make a split second decision. So all I'm saying is, especially when you're young, I don't think that rotting in prison is probably the best resolution. And I think that there are people out there that are really good people that make dumb mistakes at a split second of a decision in a split second decision. And there are people out there that maybe have like I just watched a show and now I feel like a dickhead because I don't freaking um, his name is Samuel uh, and he used to be. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, he was addicted to heroin and all kinds of drugs. And he had a friend that was the same. They were just crazy wild people. And he had gotten out of prison. It sounds like he had been in and out of prison. And his uh, girlfriend was a stripper and she also would, did drugs. But while he was in prison, she decided to go to church, clean herself up. They have a daughter. She also went to church, clean herself up. So when Sam got out of prison, at first he was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to prison. And then she was like, well, I am. And then long story short, he ended up going to church and um, cleaning himself up, getting sober off of heroin, which kudos to him. Um, that's I've heard incredibly difficult and changed his life around and ended up getting highly, highly involved in Sudan with um, the refugees and the children there. And um, um, getting highly involved in making an orphanage, um, uh, like a, a shelter um, for these children that were refugees in Sudan. And he helped save many, 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 many um, children. And... Um, at any rate, my point is that there are people out there that have done things that are not great, but it doesn't mean that they're shitty people. Maybe they haven't had the chance. Maybe who knows? Again, I'm not trying to make excuses. Excuses are excuses, but they're also there really are reasons. More often than not, there are reasons that people behave the way they do. And then there's some people out there that are just dickheads because, you know, you got to have some dickheads in the world that are just that way because they have nothing better to do with their time. They're bored. Who knows? Anyway, it's been a long, almost two months, you guys, and I'm trying to process all of the firsts with my mom not being here. And then there's all that PTSD and guilt over the way that she died. 
Um, COVID in the United States was just a fucking shit show. And specifically in Oregon was absolutely a shit show. And Kate Brown, I hope that when she goes to bed, that she is haunted, just haunted every night with just nightmares of those that she killed over her policies that were not science-based, not logical, not rational, and nothing but trying to make money for politicians and big pharma. And so many people had family members that died because of it or didn't get to say and didn't get to say goodbye to family members because they were kept out of hospitals and kept out of um, nursing homes and kept out of assisted living and memory care facilities like me. I haven't forgotten that. I'm going to make sure that I continue to make it known how poorly the United States, well, not all the United States, Florida, go Florida, go Florida, go to Santos. Um, but there were a lot of of areas in this neck of the woods that uh, could have handled COVID differently. And unfortunately, many, many people suffered that didn't need to. People died that didn't need to. People were kept away from family members that didn't need to. So I've had that on my mind for a long time. And it said that my mom died of severe septus, sep- being septic, being severely septic. And she was severely septic because the caregivers decided that while COVID was going on and family members weren't around, they could kind of slack on their job. And not to mention the fact that, let's face it, they're also severely understaffed. So understaffed. And it's incredibly sad how understaffed assisted living and nursing facilities are. And they're understaffed because they get paid nothing. Shame on our country for paying caregivers that care for our elderly, for our senior citizens that have been here working their asses off, paving the way for us, put in time and energy that they deserve, just like our vets, just like our vets, shame on us, shame on America for tossing them aside and then tossing aside those that want to care for them and help them and paying them nothing and making it because of that, they're short-staffed. And because they're short-staffed and getting paid nothing, sometimes they cut corners. And some of those corners are not caring for the elderly as much as they should. So therefore, the catheters don't get cleaned out as often as they should. They don't get baths as often as they should. That also needs to be very much revamped. The way that we treat our elderly and the way we treat our, our veterans and our military in general military families it's it's sad it's disgusting it's disrespectful it's shameful so it's been a lot it's been a a good and bad it's been highs and lows last couple of months you know i'm also going through all the firsts of being a grandma and with my grandson so i get to go through you know first thanksgiving first Christmas, first New Year's. Um, He's six months old now. I also get to go through first with my oldest son being sober six months. So I'm so proud of him. So there's been a lot of good stuff too. My oldest son's been sober six months. 
my grandson is six months, and I've gone through all the first Christmases and holidays with him. But it's also been a struggle with going through the first without my mom and the PTSD I've been having with not being able to help her and feeling guilty because I feel like I contributed to her dying by having her come out here. And maybe if I didn't have her move, she would have been alive right now. Um, and then having my partner back, and that has been really good in a lot of ways. And we have been having such great communication. That's another thing. Communication, communication, communication. So important. Really important to find a way to give each other space, but also communicate and knowing when to give space and call it a moment and take a time out and not talk about something when you are heated. Never talk about things when you're heated and you're angry because shit falls out of your mouth that you can't, you know, really take back. Once it's said, it's kind of out there. So that's something that, you know, you got to work on with your partner. If, if you're trying to have a conversation when they're angry, then it's not a conversation. It's just talking over each other or paying attention to what you want to say and not hearing the other person. Anyway... Um, I have a lot to talk about, so you guys are going to go from having nothing for the last two months to having a lot of episodes put out. So it's going to be overloaded with episodes, and some of them are going to be from my microphone, and some of them are going to be from inside my house, and some of them are going to be from down my road, down my street, some are going to be from outside on my property, who knows. But Thank you so much for always just listening and giving me that chance again. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And it means a lot that there are people from other countries tuning in. Hello, everybody from wherever you're from. Thank you. I really, just like I've said in the past, and I genuinely mean it, I am so intrigued with how people live in different countries. And I'm not going to hate on anybody because I think every single country has pros and cons. Every country has something to contribute and every country has something that we, that they can learn, you know, learn to do better. So hats off to every single one of us. That's just fucking getting up and trying, you know, that's all you can do. You got to just get up and make that decision to try. So if that's what you're doing, good for you. And again, thank you so much for listening to the ramblings of an insomniac. Uh, have a great rest of your day.